Hello everyone, my name is Dakota. And I'm Blake. And this is Bad Chickens with Bizarre Things, and today we're going to be talking about Dyatlov Pass. The Dyatlov Pass incident is an incident that occurred in 1959, when nine mysterious hikers died in the Ural Mountains in Russia. Originally, the nine hikers planned to travel 190 miles through the mountain range in order to complete their certification that they would need for more hikes and expeditions. This route that they were traveling through in the mountains was estimated to be Category 3, the most difficult for any hiker or traveler in the mountain ranges. They were, it was eight men and two women. They all had skis and a long tent and many, many different pieces of gear that to help them out through this expedition. And it began on January 23rd, 1959, when there was 10 of them. They took a train from Sverdlovsk to the city of Surov. Side note, I am not Russian, so these names and titles are going to be very hard for me to pronounce. Just a heads up. On January 24th, the group of 10 people, it was originally 10, arrived at Surov where one of them was detained for singing out loud, but he was released earlier in the day, and they continued on their journey. On the 25th of January, the group arrived by train into Ivdel, and they took a bus to a place named Vizhay. After they re- the day after, they found a truck that allowed them to go up into the 41st settlement, which was a logging community far in the mountain ranges. They hired a sled, and they began making their way to a north, a northern mining settlement that had been abandoned long ago. On 28th of January, Yuri Yudin, one of the members, the 10th one, had to return back with the sled because he had poor health and he could not make it through the long journey. It now consisted of nine members instead of 10. And they made their way to the banks of the Lovza River. On January 29th, the group made their way from Lovsva River to Aspaya River, where they spend the night again. I guess they have a habit of sleeping towards rivers. The group pitched their tent on the 30th at the bank of Aspaya River, and they decided to stay there till the 31st, where they found, they tried to find a short way from one river to the next, the Lovsva River, which is called the Dyatlov Pass now. And as they spent their night there, on February 2nd, they all mysteriously died. And now we're going to cover what are some of the possible outcomes as to how these people have died. There is no definitive explanation to this day as of 12-12-2019. However... Here are some, there have been a lot of theories recorded over the history since this event in 1959. And Blake here, my buddy, will cover some of these right now. So, the first one is Mansi Natives. If you don't know what Mansi Natives are, I'll give you a brief summary of what they are. They are a secluded, prideful tribe in the Ural Mountains of Russia. And I will go over some possible ways that people have thought the Mansi natives could have been culprits of this 
incident on the Dyatlov Pass. All right, to start off, <clears throat> there was a Mancy chum. Don't know what a chum is. It's basically a teepee that was about 200 feet northeast of the tent of the hikers. And also, the Mancy knew the area of the woods very well. They've been living there for years, and and they could easily cover their ski tracks and hunt the hikers into the woods, as they would with an animal or something. And people think the method of operation is so unusual, basically how they died, is that it could easily be attributed to the people, the Mancy's way of killing animals and hunting them down. Also, the Mancy are proud, secluded people, and consider that area of the mountains their hunting grounds. And now, secluded tribes, hunting grounds, it doesn't sound too friendly to me. So, that could be well, a thing. Were the people, um, did it? Was there any confirmation as to whether they were cannibalistic, maybe, or if they were not like that? Or what, what reason would they have for hunting the people, would you think? If uh, there was reason? no, like, reports or anything of the people being cannibalistic, all I would have to make a guess in saying secluded tribes tend to not like visitors all too well. <laughs> that's a. And I a, would assume that's a good. That's that a fair could statement. be, maybe, and also hunting grounds, in secluded tribes. Like I said earlier, doesn't sound like it would add up too well with unwanted visitors. And also, for one last note, also the Mancy could have told the hikers that they shouldn't have been there, and the hikers could have took it in a wrong way. And that could easily escalate into physical violence. Alright, to hop into the next theory. Gulag prisoners. Now, in Soviet Russia, they could have easily been mistaken for escape prisoners of a gulag. Siberia, which was the area they were in, still had gulags at that time, and the nearest gulag to them was Ivlag. There were no escapes from this gulag reported at the time, but nonetheless, still they still could have been dispatched of if, if a Russian patrol or something was in the area and Obviously, they thought they were escape prisoners. And also, they wore boots very similar to the ones of soldiers that were captured in the gulags in the 40s. So, that could bolster the theory of them being escape gulag prisoners. And then, perhaps, a Russian patrol went by. They saw similar clothing, knew that there was a gulag nearby. And they could have uh, used lethal force on the escaping prisoners. And perhaps that's what happened. How close was the gulag that was close to them? I think it was one one or two miles away, probably. 
Okay. And I would say <clears throat> uh, well-dressed, or maybe not well-dressed, but dressed enough for the weather, or prisoners could easily make it a couple miles from a gulag. Um, <clears throat> Dan. To plunder down the next theory, people have made conspiracies that they might have been KGB agents, because at the time, the Cold War was very much in action, and they were people thought of them to be a group of KGB agents delivering samples to a group of agents of the CIA, I think on a, uh, like a sort of a spy mission. And to take pictures of the spies, the CIA spies, and uh, they were supposedly going to go in and act as hikers, but to spy on the CIA agents the whole time. And people think that if this were to be true, the CIA agents found them out to be faking as hikers and disposed of them in a very brutal fashion, seeing some of them were brutally killed with internal injuries, rib damage, eyes missing, and all that sort of brutal. Numerous, things. a couple skull fractures. Most of them died of um, what many think was hypothermia, or that was the, that was the autopsy's, like, general, you know, findings was that they died of hypothermia but most of the injuries really kind of go against that maybe that happened and they fought back because some of the men had suffered knuckle injuries that only can be attributed to fist fights and what you know it would make sense that they would be fighting possible cia agents they could have gotten into a scuffle but then get killed because they're fighting the cia yeah. and they're alone in the mountains dressed as hikers Yes. Poorly armed, probably. Not, probably not even armed at all. Or, well, <clears throat> there was a few knives found on the scene, but, you know, I would imagine the CIA would bring more than a knife to this yeah. gathering. So, I'll I say. think it's plausible, to be honest, if I'm um, honest with you. I think it is, because at the time, the Cold War was at its height, obviously, if there's CIA agents in the area. It could have been spying on maybe the gulag nearby or just Russia. Just, I don't know. It's the CIA. You don't know what they're up to at all. Also, one of the uh, people was found with radioactive samples on their body. Which, on its own, is kind of a mystery within itself as to how such materials would end up on someone who's hiking just in a random mountain range. And how... The CAA killing them would equal radioactive bit on their clothing. I don't quite get neither, but not to sound to get too crazy, but at the time of the Cold War, you would think you also have to think that the CIA and the KGB were probably testing some pretty crazy weapons to dispatch of the other side. That's so, true. That is true. That isn't too far fetched for that timeline. I, you know what? I think I agree, Blake.
next theory is the Yeti. Now, there's no nothing really I can go off on too much on a tangent here about the Yeti. There wasn't really much I found on multiple different sources about the Yeti, but this is what I could basically grub up. There is no official evidence of military presence in the area, so that could rule out other theories like Mil- like military affairs, like the Gulag prisoners, such as stuff like that. And uh, this turned uh, conspiracy theorists into thinking it was possibly the Yeti. Pretty far-fetched idea, but it does, nonetheless. It does kind of explain some of the injuries and the fact that there was no military presence kind of yeah. adds extra to that. A group of not eight hikers disappears out of nowhere. You might as well say it's the Yeti, right? Also, some of the people had no eyes, and one person even had no tongue. Now, what creature could be capable of that? We have no idea, but some may believe it as the Yeti. And beforehand, also, in that area, there was Soviet expeditions for the Yeti. Next theory is catabatic wind. Pretty lengthy theory. Got quite a bit of notes on it. This is what I got from it. It's that catabatic derives from the Greek word catabasis, which means descending. This type of falling wind can appear when cold air over a glacier or mountainous area starts to flow down a gradient. This phenomenon is described as a ball rolling downhill by gravity. Also why this wind is sometimes called a gravity wind. A wind that carries high density air from a higher elevation down a slope. Sometimes this wind can even accelerate to the force of a hurricane. The strongest of these winds usually are found on drops surrounding mighty ice sheets, but also can occur over cool mountain areas similar to the topography of the Atlav Pass area. A quote-unquote catabotic wind could initiate when cold air atop a higher point begins to flow downhill, displacing the warm air below. An interesting note in the Diatlov group diary made a short period of time before the accident described a relatively warm wind associated to a jet engine. These falling winds come quicker than a storm and would make there be almost no time to react to the wind. In photos taken by the rescue team, clear traces of snow affected by strong winds can be seen pointing towards the tent from the peak of Kolatsiakl. The actual pattern of the wind demonstrates heavily windswept snow, where vortexes have, have hollowed out scoop-shaped cavities. Catabotic wind cannot answer for the traces of radiation found on some of the hikers' clothing, but it can explain the plane crashes in the area for falling winds and are one of the most unpredictable and dangerous phenomena associated to ventures in the air. Shit. Oh, no! Next theory is catabotic wind. Pretty lengthy theory. Got quite a bit of notes on it. This is what I got from it. It's that catabotic derives from the Greek word catabasis, which means descending. This type of falling wind can appear when 
cold air over a glacier or mountainous area starts to flow down a gradient. This phenomenon is described as a ball rolling downhill by gravity. Also why this wind is sometimes called a gravity wind. A wind that carries high density air from a higher elevation down a slope. Sometimes this wind can even accelerate to the force of a hurricane. The strongest of these winds usually are found on drops surrounding mighty ice sheets, but also can occur over cool mountain areas similar to the topography of the Atlav Pass area. A quote-unquote carbotic wind could initiate when cold air atop a higher point begins to flow downhill, displacing the warm air below. An interesting note in the Dyatlov group diary made a short period of time before the accident described a relatively warm wind associated to a jet engine. These falling winds come quicker than a storm and would make there be almost no time to react to the wind. In photos taken by the rescue team, clear traces of snow affected by strong winds can be seen pointing towards the tent from the peak of Kolatsiakl. The actual pattern of the wind demonstrates heavily windswept snow, where vortexes have, have hollowed out scoop-shaped cavities. Catabotic wind cannot answer for the traces of radiation found on some of the hikers' clothing, but it can explain the plane crashes in the area for falling winds and are one of the most unpredictable and dangerous phenomena associated to ventures in the air. Alright, for this next theory, UFOs. People think that a UFO could have scared the group out of their tent away. And around this time, Soviet armed forces also launched several rockets from Baikonur base. That goes along. People think it's both rockets and UFOs. We don't know. But this is mainly about UFOs. And the military claimed that the rockets landed in the northern Ural Mountains. <clears throat> Several geologists 70 kilometers from the mountains saw glowing and pulsating orbits flying in the direction of the Kolat Siakl on, on the day of tragedy. A member of Soviet Congress, A.P. Kirilenko, and his deputy, A.F. Yeshtokin, forced an investigator, Lev Ivanov, to take out an, any references to the strange lights or UFO sightings from his investigation. This also included pictures of flying spheres drawn by Mansi hunters. U the UFO was not The UFO theory was not investigated by official science, so they deemed it a pseudo-religious phenomena. Surprisingly. One of the most extraordinary and astonishing versions, none other than Lev Ivanov himself in 1990, the retired prosecutor published an article, The Enigma of the Fireballs, where he admitted that in the spring of 1959, under the pressure of A.P. Kirilenko and his deputy A.F. Yeshtikin, he withdrew various key materials from the case that indicated the true cause of the accident quote-unquote, fireballs, or UFO. All right, infrasound is 
the next theory and the second to last one that we have brought up today. Researchers in rare phenomena say it could have been infrasound. He suggested that a perfect storm could have struck the campers in the night. Infrasound can cause a wind phenomena known as a Carmen Vortex Street could have produced a terrifying, powerful sound, which is proven to induce irrational fear into humans. Due to the unique topography of the Dead Mountain, which the hikers were located, which is a perfect dome shape, the fierce winds that blow through the pass could have been warped as they struck the blunt surface of the pass. If this is true, the wind was blowing straight, then it would have been twisted into a series of small but powerful tornadoes spinning fast enough to tear off roofs of buildings. Under certain circumstances, these tornadoes can produce a more terrifying phenomena known as infrasound. Infrasound is a type of vibration in the air where the frequency of it is so low it cannot be picked up by the human ear. Other infrasound-related phenomena can be found in areas like the Rock of Gibraltar and an array of other peaks around the world. A 2003 study in the UK found that a fifth of people exposed to infrasound reported feeling anxious, scared, or unable to breathe properly. That might explain why they ripped open their tent in fear and they all ran off in different directions and were all found in different areas. Just a thought. It explains, yeah, explains a lot of the irrationalness that happened. How you they know, were all scattered around. They all One scattered was up some, a tree and, somewhere in the brook, just chilling. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense that it may have just been irrational. Honestly, you know. totally back this theory, 100%. Wait, but another theory holds that the waves are linked to ghost sightings also. So now we're bringing paranormal phenomena in with this already really weird infrasound thing. True. And also, True. apparently, these sound waves can also possibly be the reason for plane crashes in the area, which there has been at least one or two in the same area as the yes, hikers. Yes, exactly. And exactly nine people died. I remember exactly nine. The same number of people who died in this incident, the Adal Off Pass incident. So... Coincidence, uh, that's up to you, people. And the last far-fetched theory we have for you is gravity fluctuation. Start off. Some Russian scientists believe the hikers came across an area where under certain circumstances, the force of gravity can fluctuate. Peters Petersburg physicist... Ph.D. associate professor of Institute of Engineering and holder of more than 100 patents, German Urchenko, believes that the significantly decreased external pressure threw the hikers out of the tent. Scientists believed that they had time to undress and get ready to sleep before the unknown force began to lift the tent and the hikers off the floor into the direction of the corridor. As the outside air pressure was substantially lower than the inside of the tent, the emerging hikers immediately started pushing the tent from the inside. Once they broke out, explaining the uh, broken open part of the tent, they received unexplained 
internal injuries, including broken bones, seeing they had a high body pressure and the lower outside was a lower pressure, according to the scientists. Some hikers were killed instantly and others remained alive for some time, but the bodies once outside the tent remained hovering in the air as though lying on a horizontal surface. In this position, the same force pulled the hikers to the side. Scientists say this phenomenon would have only lasted a few minutes. This period of time was enough to throw people 1 to 1.5 kilometers distance. They flew one by one or in groups from the tent, then scattered on the slope and in the woods. While they were falling in the snow from a great height, not being able to protect themselves, they received injuries on their faces, which were disfigured. Physicists say that if the hikers did not get out firmly fixed on the ground tent, then maybe they would have not died. According to scientists, events such as this are not uncommon in the area, apparently. People, cattle, and wild animals are dying in a similar manner with alarming regularity in the area. People say for any future visitors of the area that it's worth keeping in mind that the corridor where the gravity to the earth is decreased may open again. You know, as when we first started off reading that, I thought that that was kind of like the most far-fetched one. But now that, now that it's being mentioned that other animals are dying this way, and you think about the other theories that how they don't quite, some of them don't quite explain the fractures or you know some of the injuries that they sustained some of them doesn't make any sense here whilst it is crazy sounding it makes sense and it kind of has some science behind it which you know it it makes it kind of i hate to say i hate to say it physicist with a phd associate professor of institute of engineering and holder more than a hundred patents German Urchenko believed that this happened. A very high up physicist. I made up. I I hate to say it, but I think this is the most plausible theory that I we have on this list, and that's kind of saying something. But but it's just like I said, a lot of these injuries are not explained, and this does a pretty damn good job explaining them. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. This was Bad Chickens with Bizarre Things, and I'm Blake. I'm Dakota Malin. Y'all have a good one. Stay safe.